The changing seasons can bring so many feelings to the surface, so it's more important than ever to look after you. I'm so happy to be partnering with Elemis to bring you these special episodes of the podcast, which centre on our self-care and our well-being. Elemis always seeks to empower people to care for themselves inside and out, just like we do on this podcast. So that means looking after your overall wellness from your skin to your body and mind by taking time out every day to tune into you. That could be an exercise class, a good DMC with a pal, listening to your favourite podcast, wink, wink, or just a daily cleansing moment that makes you pause and reset. I have a hectic lifestyle, to say the least, so cleansing is my moment to reset, and I love Elemis's Pro Collagen Green Fig Cleansing Balm. It combines fig, raspberry, and bergamot for a fresh, calm scent, which has been used for centuries in aromatherapy to help relieve tension and stress. And you can't argue with history, Hans. I actually love all Elemis's formulas. They're a mix of high-performance scientific ingredients and blended essential oils. So not only do you get visible results by soothing your skin and your mind, you have a moment of mindfulness too. For your mindful moment, head to Elemis.com. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. On this episode of Rain, we're joined by someone who knows a thing or two about sudden social media fame. It's Abby Roberts. Abby started making makeup tutorials as a teenager and quickly went on to gain 16 million TikTok followers and became the biggest beauty content creator in the world. But when she hit burnout in 2020, Abby returned to her first love music. She's since gone from doing low-key shows in pubs to 20 people to supporting her friend Halsey on an arena tour across America, casual. Today, Abby walks us through her journey, which has seen her deal with imposter syndrome, social anxiety, and bullying, all of which she won't let get in the way of making the impossible possible. That's what I love about Abby, and I know you're going to love that about her too. Oh, and this episode drops on Halloween, so of course I ask Abby about being the queen of Halloween looks too, which, please. Well, hello, Abby babes. How are you? Hello, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited to talk to you. What is going on for you right now? Walk me through, where are you? Where are you at with life? All the things. Um, Lucky, it's like the busiest part of my year, like all year right now. Um, Halloween is like always such a big month for me with like content and everything. So I'm like banging that out. And then the day after my Halloween party that I'm hosting this year, I'm literally going on tour, opening for Gus Dapperton in Europe. So, yeah, it's it's pretty back-to-back now. It's very (laughs) full-on. You want the definition of booked, busy and blessed then, babes, aren't you? Literally, she's booked and busy. (laughs) Now, because you are kind of become the queen of Halloween and definitely Halloween looks, what would you say has been your, like, peak Halloween beauty look? When do you feel like, oh, my God, babes, I've, I've well and truly nailed this one? That, you can't ask me questions like that. <laughs> I mean, I like every year I feel like I try and like top like the previous year, but um, I did like 
a grim reaper the other day that was like, i'd not even planned this outfit like it was like my backup backup like plan b costume i'd ordered like multiple costumes that day and like nothing arrived um but yeah i like pulled it out of the bag just like a quick like skeleton um but i feel like when i'm a skeleton i just feel so like hot <laughs> like that is that is when i'm feeling my best i'm like yes <laughs> so you feel your hottest when you look like a skeleton <laughs> death yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> i love that babes please don't tell me you're like turning up to dates or <laughs> romantic ways as a skeleton I, wish. <laughs> I, wish. I mean there is a niche for everyone out there isn't there so maybe <laughs> i mean that is so funny like are you one of those people who has like the ultimate fancy dress box. You wouldn't even believe the the shit that I have lying around. Like it's actually crazy. My sister needed like a Halloween costume for for the other night. She was like, "I'm planning on going as Joan as as Joan of Arc," and I was like, "Oh, I just got some chainmail like in my in my wardrobe. Like there you go." <laughs> oh my god, Joan of Arc is, yeah, is such insane. a good one, babes. That is oh my god. No, she, she killed the. It was so good. It was amazing. Oh my god! And then someone could come as a steak. Oh my god! It'd be stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like permanently on trying to find like couples' fancy dress outfits because me and my boyfriend, I feel like we peaked about three years ago at our first Halloween, where I made us Ken boxes from scratch before this became like a pastiche, oh like not cool thing to do anymore. And then I was like dinner Ken and he was um, Malibu Ken. And then we had gunshot things in our head because Barbie had caught us literally <laughs> canoodling. Like there was a full story. And then, <laughs> the whole story. The whole story. Oh my God. And then ever since then, I felt like we haven't even got near there. But this year, we're going to be posh and Bex, but I'm going to be posh and he's going to be Bex. But we've literally like amalgamated all the all like the peak right. Bex moments. We've got the Saran, we've got the Manchester United kit, we've got it all going on, babes. So fingers crossed, I'm gonna- oh, not, not just the one outfit. No, babes. Your outfit changes. <laughs> He's basically like my walking, talking Beckham doll. I'm like throwing all the different oh eras God. on. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, babes, as if you're not busy enough serving us Halloween look after Halloween look and beauty look after beauty look, you have- become such an amazing musician and I'm gonna really have to talk to you about a song that I have playing on loop 24-7 in my head at the moment imposter syndrome I mean and oh thank you oh my god it's so good and it also hits it really it's like a hard relate for me that song and I think it oh, relates good. to so many people because everyone like, is it just me no it's not just you babes everyone experienced imposter syndrome <laughs> and you wrote it with Halsey as well which is just incredible yeah. but I I thought it'd be good to kick off by talking about it's it was written at a very specific time in your life wasn't it walk me through where you at mm-hmm. psyche wise when you were going through writing that song yeah so this song I think it was literally like this time last year when I wrote it um so last year was just like so mental for me um I went from like having never done a show in my life in like January at the start of the year did like five kind of like low-key uh in disguise shows like using a pseudonym doing like shitty little pubs and stuff around London to like 20 people and then I went on tour with Halsey throughout the summer and it was all like these huge arena shows and I was just like terrified um but 
ended the tour like feeling so much more confident and like I learned so much from it but then equally I was just like hardcore feeling the imposter syndrome by the end of this year just like how have I been on all these amazing tours and done this much and I just didn't feel like worthy of it and like it had happened so suddenly um so yeah so I had to like channel all those emotions like into the song hold on for two seconds here so you literally went from playing like clubs and pubs of like 20 people which also must have been a weird experience for you at that point anyway because you had like over 60 million followers on TikTok so like to go from that to then literally having to like almost start at ground zero again that must have been a really soul-bearing process for you. Yeah I mean I I literally never saw myself performing ever like that was never in my goals in my plan like whatsoever I was just like making music just to make it like in the room and thinking that I would just like put it on the internet and that's as far as it's gonna go that's what I'm used to like just being edited and like behind the camera and like this whole live aspect was like a whole new learning curve that like I had to get over mentally and I was like oh my god what if what if I like fuck up and somebody records it and puts it on the internet and then uh, I'm, my entire career is like ruined but um, I think I've kind of learned to just like go a little bit more with it and just have more fun with it. And if things go wrong, like that's part of what makes a show unique and like fun and memorable for people, I think. Mm. How have you learned to deal with your imposter syndrome? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, babes, <laughs> not at all. I think it's something that like never goes away. I mean, I say that in the song, but like it is so true. Like I, I felt it in so many like different areas of my life and I think, you learn to like definitely have more confidence with situations but if you're like always pushing yourself and always growing you're always going to feel like a little bit outside of your comfort zone but I do like that like I think that's how I know that I'm like doing things that are helping me grow as an artist and as a person. Mm. So have you learned to like almost like channel that energy into challenging yourself instead? Yeah definitely yeah I'm, I'm definitely always a perfectionist and trying to like make myself better um, thinking that everything is not good enough all the time <laughs> oh my god that is a full-on cycle but within that you kind of have to tell yourself that you've got to have a better relationship with your inner voice right and you kind of have to change your relationship with your inner voice from being a saboteur into being a friend have you found that yeah yeah because it is that thing like if your friend was going through this you would never like tell them the things that you're telling yourself in your head but you still like can't help to like slip into that sometimes but you gotta remember like yeah what would what would I tell someone else if like they were feeling this yeah you have to literally change that dialogue 100% do you think in doing that you now believe in yourself more than you've ever done before I think so but I also think it's kind of like a fake it till you make it situation like I definitely have to tell myself that I'm good enough to like convince myself that I'm able to like do a certain thing like these going on these stages last year I just it it was a real like sink or swim moment like I either had to step up to that like challenge or I would just completely fail at it and I think it's working so far so I'm gonna carry on doing that I mean god babe it's more than working and I mean when you were on Tall Halsey you were (laughs) Babes, you didn't just perform, like, small venues. You performed at, like, the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> like, what on oh, earth was that like? Hollywood Bowl was definitely, like, the most nerve-wracking show because I think it was the third show of the whole tour. So, like, I'm not completely, like, comfortable and settled, like, into the groove of things yet. And 
I mean, I knew of Hollywood, but like being a British person and not knowing a lot of these American venues, like I knew the Hollywood Bowl. I just watched like the uh, Disney Plus uh, documentary thing about Billie Eilish, like doing it, and she's been talking about like how her whole career has led up to this moment, and like she can't believe she's playing this venue. And I'm like, how am I playing this? And I've just just bloody started. Like, what's going on? Um, so I, I was really, really nervous that day. It was definitely a day that was just like full of emotions for not only me but like my whole band. You know, it was such like a milestone for everyone else to play as well. So I think there was just lots of lots of tears. Lots of emotion. My family flew out for that specific show as well, so it was just like very wholesome but tearful. <laughs> oh my god, what a moment! And like, how do you process and deal with nerves? Uh, I think now I'm, I definitely get less nervous for shows. Um, it's kind of just like the twenty minutes before the show where you can't really do anything else but wait for the show to happen. That's probably the worst part, and like it, it's unavoidable getting nervous for that. So I kind of just like pace back and forth do my little vocal warm-ups and stuff and and just like get mentally ready for that but um yeah last year yes last year was a lot of nerves a lot of like anxiety being up all night like throwing up from anxiety do you know what I mean like <laughs> I wasn't handling it at all oh my god so you were literally throwing up from nerves and anxiety about going on yeah, stage the, the first show I was like the first show I was like physically unwell but after that I was like ah it's not as big as of a deal as I was making it. Oh my god, babe. You like went through it with the nerves. I know. I know. I know. For what? Oh my god. And that, that must be so amazing now that you can, if you think back to that you, who was so wracked with anxiety and nerves for going out there and performing, to seeing the you now, you must be so proud of yourself of going on that journey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I can actually like enjoy it now. I'm not like so like overcome with these nerves. Like, and I I know my band really well now. I think last year we were like just getting to know each other, so it was very much like we were out of our comfort zone with these people that we didn't really know. And now it feels so much more like I've got that support system of like my tall family that I'm always with. So yeah, I, I'm really like loving it and feeling like I'm, I'm getting to put on the show that I've, I've been wanting to do now. Mm. And when it comes to performing and going on tour, are you the kind of gal who's like, I'm in bed with my like, my lemon and honey at the end of the night? Or do you sometimes tend to, you know, enjoy <laughs> the delights that tours have to offer you? <laughs> oh, I'm a grandma, low-key. Like, I am the lemon and honey girl. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. No, like... 50-50, like the, at the end of tour or if it's like a hometown show or whatever, you know, have a little party, why not? But I'm definitely not the like out till 6am kind of girl, like I, I want my bed, I want my bed on my Netflix and I'm ready. Yeah, I just don't think I could ever be trusted to ever go on any sort of tour because I feel like I would just turn it into kind of like my first friend's holiday to Magaluf when I was 17 and be like, we need to go out every night. <laughs> <laughs> I could never be trusted with that. <laughs> never, ever, ever. And I think what's so amazing about you is I think so many people would probably look at your journey and think you started out as a musician or you became a musician because of your incredible TikTok platform. Um, because I mean, babes, you weren't, <laughs> you aren't just a TikToker. You have 
over 60 million followers and you become the most successful beauty related content creator on the planet and last year were the fifth most viewed artists on TikTok in the UK I mean credits credit where credit is due but your music <laughs> career actually started when you were nine years old didn't it I think you're gonna need to share with the group babes what you did <laughs> when you were nine what did I do when I was nine? Oh my God, where have you found this information? Well, apparently, <laughs> according to an article I read, apparently you shaved your head and uploaded a LaRue cover to Facebook. Oh my God. I'd like blocked this from the depths of, <laughs> of my memory. <laughs> yeah, this, this is true. Okay, so yeah, when I was young, I was like in my little emo era and had had my hair fully shaved like on on the one side it was shaved and like the other side like this I think my inspo was was LaRue and when Rihanna had that like era as well oh, peak. Um, I was going for that and then I recorded this LaRue cover and put it on Facebook and everyone was like just taking the piss you know like all my school friends saw it and I was like oh shit like I need to delete this <laughs> immediately oh. so that like that put me off for a while <laughs> I mean, that's quite bold for nine babes, isn't it? Did your parents yeah. go like mad like babes why you shaved your hair? I think they were just like, whatever makes you happy, you know. And my mum was like, I was like, why did you let me do this when I was younger? And she's like, oh, you know, I knew it was a mistake at the time, but I thought I'd let you figure it out for yourself. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've all got those mistakes in our back catalogue, babes. Like, it must have been hard though to regain the confidence to be a musician at that age when you've, you know, had some kids take the piss out of you at school. How did you regain your confidence with music? And what did those early days look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think after that, I was just kind of like, didn't even think about it. After that moment, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is so embarrassing. And like, it's such a vulnerable thing to put yourself out there, like singing in the first place. So I think that was like a bit of a confidence knock anyways. But I, I, I was kind of like so busy with, starting doing makeup when I was 11 like on YouTube as well so I just dived into that and then that became like my focus for the next few years and it became successful so kind of like all my time was just put into doing that one thing and I think after a few years of doing TikTok I, I kind of felt a little bit burnt out and like I'd done so much in makeup and like achieved everything that I wanted to achieve in makeup um like I'd had my palette and like my whole collection that I'd done with um, a brand that I'd like admired since I was a kid and I was like in my mind I've achieved like the peak of everything I wanted to do in makeup and I was like where do I go from here and yeah music was always like a passion that I wanted to dive back into but just felt totally too shy to do it in front of other people like I would sing around my house at home but like never wanted to do it in front of anyone else do you know what I mean so I couldn't even imagine like going into a studio but then um, someone that I'd made friends with through social media um, just so happened to know a producer and they were like I, I know you like music would you fancy like coming into the studio and just having a, a play about like nothing ever has to come out of this like let, let's just like mess about and um, see how this turns out so yeah I, I ended up spending like that whole summer I think my first session was on my 19th birthday and then the whole rest of that summer was just spent like trying to find who I was as an artist and like making so many different songs like so many shit songs that will never come out but I feel like you've got to get that out before you start making anything worthwhile um and, and that's how that that kind of started and then 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard on that process to get comfortable with failing though, isn't it? Because there's going to be, like you're saying, those yeah. songs that you created that you never want to see the light of day, but they are yeah, so important. It is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but they're so important to getting to where you need to go. And I think sometimes we think that failing is something we should avoid and actively avoid, but it is really a stepping stone to success, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think I'd watched this like Amy Winehouse interview where she'd said, you've got to write a load of shit before you get to write in anything good. And I think it's so true. It's just the same as any other skill. Like nobody's born innately good at it. Like it is a practice, practice makes perfect kind of situation. Same mm. thing as when I like started out in makeup. I was terrible. I was terrible. If you saw my early videos that are still online, like it was bad. <laughs> and it's definitely been the same situation with music. Yeah. I feel like it's interesting that you've returned to kind of like your musical roots when you experienced burnout, what did burnout look like for you? I think I was just making, I felt like I was making these videos that were more what I thought other people wanted rather than what I wanted to make. I was like, I've done everything I want to do. Like what what do my fans want to see? And so I was trying to do these big looks on TikTok, but I was just like, I was not happy with it. And I was feeling like I creatively wanted a challenge because I just, didn't feel challenged by what I was doing with makeup anymore. I was like, anything I do, I know what it's going to turn out like, and that just isn't exciting to me anymore. Mm. Um, although I do feel like since like going into music and spending more time on that, like I've had the time to step away from makeup and now it does feel more exciting to me, like going back and doing that for special times like Halloween and, and things like that. So I definitely enjoy like both parts of it now. Mm. And I think sometimes when you are, really worn down and you're mentally physically and emotionally exhausted the most important thing you can do is take a step outside of your environment and do something completely different even if it's for like an hour a day a month whatever you sometimes just need to like shake up your psyche in a way don't you yeah totally um I think music was just something completely different and a complete like change of pace as well because it's so so much longer I think to like release something and get into work on something for that whole amount of time and not like rushing to have it out by a certain post in time or whatever and then having that whole like instant gratification with like social media it was just very different in the ways of working for sure. Mm. And you definitely use your music to talk about so many issues that we all deal with and including Video Girl which is all about social media and the pressures it puts us under what pressures do you think yeah. social media has put you under? I, think, I mean, having grown up with it for so long, literally since I was a kid, like I think it's definitely shaped me into the person that I am and how I think about things and how I think about doing things for myself. I feel like I always consider like how other people are going to view that. Um, like if I'm changing my hair, I'm like, are people going to like this? Are people going to unfollow me for this? Like. It's just always like kind of ingrained in the back of my mind now in the way that I am perceived and how I portray myself, I think. And I've just been so used to like so many years of good comments, but also negative comments. Um, Like even on my first video at 11 years old, there were so many negative comments I had to like completely turn the comments off. And that really, that really affected me when I was young, I think. Um because you just, you just don't get that like there's people hiding behind a screen like nobody would ever say that to you in everyday life so 
that was definitely something for me to overcome but I think I've got a much more like thicker skin when it comes to hate comments these days just because I've like dealt with it for so many years now. Mm. When's it really got you hateful comments? I think probably the worst it's ever been is when I've done maybe like collaborations with other people and like their their fans don't like me or something that's always been bad um or, or like like jealousy weirdly like that's always been been a strange thing like people have made hate accounts or even just like like friendships and stuff that I've had publicly online people will just uh like have their opinions on that and I think that can really um take a toll on like your actual like relationship with that person off camera do you know what I mean like if, if you're friends and people are saying negative things they don't want you to be friends that definitely does bleed into like your personal life mm. how have you learned to quieten and almost ignore those external voices so you could have a stronger sense and relationship with your inner voice do you think I think I try to have like a much more healthy relationship with my comment section now um like I, I don't spend as much time reading every single comment which as hard as that is because I like to be like really close with my fan base and like know what they're thinking and know how they're responding to things if they like it and like how I can respond to their feelings and make content in response to that as well um I think it's just like healthier to not read every comment because inevitably there's gonna be some hate stuff and if, if you read that like it, it's always gonna get to you so yeah I just try and like take a step back, live a bit more like in my real world as well and spend less time in the comments. If you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed right now, it's time to take a moment to practice self-care. I said it before, but I love Elemis's Pro Collagen Green Fig Cleansing Balm for a moment of mindfulness. So let's talk about technique. First, warm up an almond size amount into your hands, then deeply inhale the scent. Press your hands onto your face and massage in circular movements. And finally, remove with a warm cloth for a fresh skin and mind. You'll feel like you've been transported to a tranquil spa without even having to leave your bathroom. So head to elemis.com to treat yourself. It might make a difference that isn't just skin deep. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When have you felt like you've really needed to readdress your relationship with social media and how much you were living your life on social media? Mm, I think it's probably happened like around the time of the burnout because this was maybe like a, a year or two ago now. Um, I think I was, I was spending like all day, every day creating content. And that was what part, that was part of what like led up to me, like getting so burnt out. I was doing these insane makeup looks that would spend like, I spent like 10 hours on or like 14 hours on a makeup look sometimes and I was like I, I've got no social life at that point mm. <laughs> like it, it was all just um 
making making this content and I think through social media I started making more friends online and like hanging out with people and um when I started going more into music I think it allowed me to like meet more people and more friends in real life like at gigs and stuff and actually leaving my house (laughs) like um and now I'm spending much less time just making content and I feel like I'm living life more for myself yeah which is such an important thing too and I think it's interesting because so many people will say really reductive labels like oh she's just a tiktoker she's just an influencer or whatever but and implying it's an easy peasy job when it's wildly (laughs) intense and there is so much you have to think about like you have to be creating content 24 7 you have to deal with these external voices like we've been saying you have to try and get a balance but you can't because it's literally on your phone you carry your phone around with you all the time like it's 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 a challenging job yeah I mean don't get me wrong like I'm so appreciative of the situation that I'm in and like this job allows me to have like so much freedom with my spare time and like using that I work when I want to work basically and I really acknowledge my privilege and um being able to do that but there definitely are like sides of it that people don't see I think people are like oh just film a quick video and upload it but some of these videos like take days like hours and hours and hours to create and there's a lot of planning that goes behind it and teams like I have a few people that I work with creatively as well so it's like not so simple as just always just me um (laughs) putting up my camera filming a quick 20 minute video yeah and I guess when you actually see it behind the scenes you actually see that it's not what it's cracked up to be in a way isn't it if you found that influencers lives on social media are not what they seem yeah I I think so I I mean you definitely always have this curated version of yourself that you put out there like I do it myself as well but I think that's why I like platforms like TikTok because you kind of see the the raw like unedited side and um in like makeup content as well you see like yourself behind the scenes like barefaced on the internet um I think that's quite like a vulnerable position to put yourself in as well but um I, yeah I think everyone puts out this this fake version of the self that they want everyone else to see and um it's definitely not not always like that mm. in that sense have you learned that there's a lot of power in being vulnerable and stripping yourself back Definitely. Uh, I think that's what like most of my audience appreciate about my content is like, it's this balance of being relatable and aspirational, I think is like such a big part of creating content. Like, yeah, I'm doing these things, but at the end of the day, like, I'm just the 22 year old teenage girl. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just like all of my other followers. Um, I, I've got like a lot of the same life experiences, like, just went to school like from a very normal background like from like a little town in Leeds do you know what I mean and now I'm like doing all these crazy things but I I very much relate to a lot of my fan base and a lot of my followers and I do feel like I am friends with them because of that. Mm. Do you feel like there's a responsibility to also use your platform and use the voice you've been given is that anything you want to or wish you could use your voice for more? Definitely. I think um, I've always tried to be um, 
a very like vocal ally of like the LGBTQ plus community online. Um, it was such a big reason for why I even started out doing makeup. You know, I started out because of watching drag queens and like learning a lot of my intense like makeup techniques off of drag queens. Like I started overlining my lips and like doing contour a certain way because of those techniques that I learned off of artists like Miss Fame and um, other girls that have been on Drag Race. Like I grew up watching that and that's definitely been such a big influence on who I am as a person. And um, yeah, I try and speak up about that as much as I can and um, lift up the community and um, I'm just a lot of my friends are like in general just in the community anyway. So um, yeah, I feel like that's, that's just such a big part of um, everything that I try and do online and making sure that on the, on the makeup side of things as well, a lot of it for me is like about expression and self-expression and making it a safe space and for other people to feel like they can present themselves however they want and trying to help with that. And that's what we love to see. And we love a vocal ally too. And I, I was wondering if it was also, do you ever get scared about using your voice because of the world and the culture of cancel culture that we live in? I think for certain situations, yes. Um, for causes that I like truly I'm educated in and believe in, like I have no problem in speaking out about that. But I think it's so easy to have a big platform and to spread like misinformation mm. um, when you're not like fully educated on a topic. So I think I like to take a minute before I like speak on certain things that are really very serious, you know what I mean? So I'm not just using my platform in a negative way like doing more harm than good by speaking out about something I think that not everyone has a very nuanced take on every situation and every like political situation um and I think sometimes like influencers using platforms to just repost something without even reading like what it is can be so harmful also so yeah I'm definitely try and be educated before I speak on anything yeah, that is such an important thing to do. And I think so many people have fallen into that trap before where they post something and then it's not even related to the thing they're even talking about. I think there's always so much pressure for everyone to use their voice. Like I get messages sometimes where people go, why are you not speaking about this issue? And I'm like, well, A, I'm not educated on it enough. B, I don't always have to use my voice yeah. for every single issue because, you know, you have to have... You can, you can be being an activist behind the scenes, but no one knows. Like, we can't always be pressured into being these performative activists all the time, I don't think. One of the interesting things about social media is so many people can fall into the trap of defining their worth through followers and likes. Have you ever fallen into that trap, do you think? A hundred percent. Like, when... When TikTok was first blowing up and I was getting like a million followers a month, I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. And I think it it gives you such a sense of self-worth, like you said. And you're like, oh my God, it's just such an exciting feeling. Like it's such an adrenaline rush when um, you're seeing the numbers like just absolutely spike up and go out of control. Um, but I think I've kind of definitely had to overcome that in like the previous year or so since like transitioning into music. I knew that I would lose some of my followers because of that. Like certain people just followed me f specifically for makeup. And if I'm not doing as much as of that as I used to anymore, definitely a few people are not going to be like interested. And I, I did like lose some followers from that. And I had to kind of 
just like overcome that and not feel like I'm any less of a person or any less worthy because I've lost some followers like the people who really appreciate me are still there there are real people like behind that number and um yeah I, d- I don't really care as much about it anymore <laughs> I'd be yeah. turning my likes off on Instagram <laughs> yeah is that how you've learned to navigate the highs and lows of it by finding a worth in something that isn't so external yeah I, th- I think now I'm much more happy like in my personal life as well so that's definitely helped me to like find value outside of social media do you know what I mean mm, yeah definitely and it must have been hard for you also to go from being a TikTok beauty influencer to being a musician do you think it's been hard for you to get people to take you seriously in a way because of preconceived ideas of what that looks like yeah I think maybe like the first few months to like the first year of like doing it for sure last year there was definitely like that transitional phase I think um and I, I felt the need to like prove myself as an artist by doing all these big tours and these shows and stuff but I think that I definitely achieved that by like showing up and putting on a good show and people turned up and like had a, a really good experience so I'm, I'm very glad that people can see that I'm serious about it from the way that um I'm putting this much effort like into my live show as well as just um stuff online mm. and babes you are showing up like I was watching videos your performances and also your music is incredible what do you think has been the biggest challenge you've had to face switching from beauty to music mm. I think probably um how I have to like rely on other people for things to happen in music sometimes um like with social media everything was kind of under my control everything was filmed by myself uploaded edited all of that done by myself I think now with the way that the music industry works you have like all these other people that you're waiting on you've got producers and mixers and distribution and managers and everything like that it's just a lot of um like levels that th- of approval sometimes that things have to go through and I'm very like not used to like having other people um play a role in my work um so that's been kind of a little adjustment and the like hurdles that can come in the way and delay a release when you're like I want to put it out tomorrow but I understand that like people have to get everything lined up for it to like be done properly so patience has been the biggest hurdle oh (laughs) my god I have zero patience and it's something I've been really trying to work (laughs) on it's so it's one of the most valuable skills we could all learn to have but it's such a difficult one to learn (laughs) isn't it literally literally one day we're all going to be like patient queens it's going to be fine we'll get there one day (laughs) (laughs) but like where's that ever a time where you said that you wanted to pursue music and someone might have said to you, that just isn't possible? Mm, Weirdly, I think probably not. (laughs) Like, um, I think I was very lucky with um, the way that I started in social media. And, you know, I'm so appreciative of that because I I really feel for a lot of the artists who, you know, go through years and years of building an audience based on them being an artist alone and I think I was very lucky that coming off the back of social media I had like a lot of 
this audience there and waiting already and all I really did was like put the music out to them like yes people can choose if they want to listen and if they like it or not if they're even interested but um I definitely like had a lot of support from the beginning from my fan base and um connections that I'd made from doing social media as well I definitely am like so appreciative of that as well Mm, on this series we've been talking a lot about mental health and our well-being and I just wanted to know what has your journey with mental health looked like I think um mental health is always something that I've been vocal about and that I've like kind of struggled with over the years um I think I found school like a very hard time because I just felt like completely alienated from the rest of my peers and like I was doing something so completely different and just did not feel like I I fitted in at all and dealt with like bullying throughout school and that had like a big knock on my confidence and I never felt like I was like able to achieve these things that I wanted to achieve and then I think social media came along and everything just happened so drastically and my life changed so quickly and that had kind of a negative effect on my mental health I just went from like being in school doing my a-levels now I'm like working for myself doing all these crazy things all these crazy opportunities and yeah that that impacted me negatively for sure because I just I didn't know how to cope with that like everything was so different um but I I think I've, I've really managed to come to terms with that over the past few years and um like settle into myself and I feel like I'm in such a better place mentally now um I've kind of got into the groove of things Mm. what's helped you and what hasn't helped you look after your mental health I think what I struggle with really was like social anxiety um I found that really hard about like going to events and stuff off the back of social media and I think what helped me honestly the most was like exposure therapy like exposing myself to these situations that I was so not used to and it was honestly just like years of going to events and pushing myself outside of my comfort zone that helped me like build up this confidence um to like now go and do these things um but that was something that I really struggled with because I was such like an introverted child like filming everything from my bedroom and just being creative at home that's like very who I am to the core and like going out and meeting all these people and being in, in these like high pressure situations and like doing panels and speaking publicly that was very hard for me and like the anxiety that surrounded that was difficult um mm. but I think after like doing so much of it I feel like I've like yeah gained a, gained a confidence from that for sure because mm. social anxiety can be really debilitating and it can really affect so many different aspects of your life when was your social anxiety at its worst do you think I think maybe when I first started like getting recognized in public because that was just like so out of the ordinary Uh, I was like that I did not expect that and the first time it happened um I was like going to this this meet and greet uh somebody else's meet and greet and like 10,000 people showed up and I think our fan bases were quite similar and so a lot of these people recognized me for the first time and I was just like wow this is so overwhelming like I'm not used to like speaking to anyone and now all these people are speaking to me um and and that was quite nerve-wracking but I I think I, I definitely feel more like 
I'm friends with people. These people are my friends. Like they follow me for a reason, mm. and um, like I'm I'm not worried about that anymore. But that was just like quite a like shock from just like being a kid and and then going to get recognised in public. I was like, oh, what is going on? Oh my god, definitely. And like so many people experience social anxiety on so many different levels and I think it can be really alienating and sometimes people don't know where to turn or what to say or where to look for help so if someone's listening to this and they've experienced social anxiety what advice would you want to give to them I think I know it's like the scariest thing in the world but making those little steps and like pushing yourself to be in those social situations is just like so beneficial and I know it's like the absolute last thing that you want to do when you're in that situation because that is the thing that triggers your anxiety but I think the more times you do it the the more you get used to it and know that it's like way less scary than your brain is making it out to be Mm. and that comes with having a better relationship with yourself too right yeah totally um yeah I think I was very like not happy in myself and not confident in who I was as a person when I was like struggling the most with my anxiety as well and um like didn't really know who I was and how I wanted to to even just like how to dress and like how what what made me feel comfortable and confident you know what I mean and I think finding yourself in that way can really help too I think it's so difficult if you because I've gone through I went through bullying when I was at school and it can really like erode your personality and it can be very difficult and you kind of carry that with you in some ways the rest of your life and sometimes I've started to see it or the way I started to process it more was when I started to use it as fuel to be like I'm going to prove you wrong I can show you what I can do if you could address the people who bullied you who made you feel like things were not possible what would you want to say look at me now (laughs) 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 yes babes that is it (laughs) literally that is it it's the girls who bullied me in school who are like asking me if I want to do their makeup now um absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) aka fuck you (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh my god babes I literally love that when you sit here today and you think back to that you who had all those anxieties, who was being bullied, and you're now sitting here as an incredibly accomplished musician. You have millions and millions of followers on TikTok and across social media. What would you want to say to that girl now if you could sit down with her on this podcast? I think have confidence in yourself because you can achieve literally anything that you put your mind to. It doesn't matter where you started out, where life takes you, how old you are. Like, if you want to start something new at any point, you absolutely can do. And don't let people tell you that that's not possible because you weren't doing it from a certain age or whatever. Anything you want to do is absolutely possible if you believe in yourself. And it's only your own self-doubt that's going to, like, prevent you from getting there. Babes, you're living proof of that. Thank you. (laughs) Well, babes, it has been the best talking to you but we always end the podcast with this final question which is in the reign of your life what's the one rule you'll always live by make it till you make it yes baby (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yes have you used that (laughs) 
throughout. <laughs> just fake it until you get there. Oh my god. Always. I feel like I'm slightly delusional and that definitely helps with it. Like a hundred percent. I live in like a little la la land in my head. Um but it works. It works. <laughs> Well, clearly, babes, it does. <laughs> and now you're literally going on the reading tours with Halsey and you got her on speed dial, babes. I mean, that is a sisterhood you need in life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Is that also something that's helped you with music, is finding that sisterhood? Oh, my God, 100%. I feel like she's like my music mum, for sure. <laughs> and having that guidance and being like, don't do this, do this, believe in yourself. Like, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I got so much more confidence from um, having someone help me with that side of things for sure. Amazing. So we all need to get, we need to fake it till we make it. And we need a strong sisterhood around us. That's the two magic ingredients. Exactly. Honestly, thank you so much, Bose, for coming on. You're great. And I just can't wait to see what you do next because clearly anything is possible. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Host. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow, and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going because that is what this podcast is all about. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.